0: No one minds their knees hitting. All (laughs) good. Welcome to Between the Studs, and I have a pair of very special guests with us today. We have Joshua and John from a small Lego YouTube channel. Up and coming is what I like to say. Up and coming. (laughs) 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 No, these are the guys. These are Beyond the Brick. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming and talking to us today and this is different for you guys because we're talking about you. You guys are always talking about other people (laughs) and interviewing them and we're here to celebrate you guys. So, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Anytime we're
1: in the Atlanta Brick Co. area around Atlanta, we love stopping at the store. So, thanks yep, for inviting us Excited over. to be here.
0: Absolutely. It's an honor and a privilege. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, now, you guys are coming up. I saw, at least on YouTube, I scrolled through to the oldest video, July will be 10 years on YouTube? Yes. Yeah. So, we actually... The,
1: the show started as an audio-only podcast at the end of 2011, so technically going back to our very first piece of content, uh, have just passed the 10-year the mark, but on YouTube, we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary because we didn't actually start on YouTube.
0: What platforms were you using
1: before? So it was like your standard uh, audio-only podcast. It was out on iTunes and a lot of platforms like that, uh, whatever, wherever podcasts were <laughs> 10 years ago, basically. <laughs> old school stuff. Uh, it was actually through like a podcasting network at the time um, that had some other podcasts on it. So that's how we first started out. And then it was about six months <clears throat> later... That we went to our first convention in Brickwell Chicago and posted our first YouTube videos. That's awesome.
0: And I also want to mention Mark is here too. <laughs> Mock right. Master Mark. He is also a long friend of yeah. yours. He's known you for a long time. I How think- did you meet them?
2: Actually, it was the audio right, podcast. Right, I was just going to say that. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. not even sure which number I was, but I remember getting on that, and I'm like, I had to find a microphone because <laughs> I didn't have all that technology back then. So remember the good old time. That was the early
3: days, yeah. <laughs> so it was originally called A Look at Lego back in those days. And then really? the, the YouTube channel originally was called A Look at Lego as well. So we have just a few videos on that old... YouTube channel, if you could look those up, and then we switched over to Beyond the Brick. Uh, Fun fact. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brandy well, there for, for
0: the uh, quiz shows. There we go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> the, the original name. <laughs> so, What was the catalyst? What's made you guys even want to do this and then take the next leap onto YouTube?
1: We grew up playing with Lego like a lot of people do, uh, so there's five kids total in our family. We all grew up playing with it. Um, that we kind of maintained our interest as we got older. And especially me, I was interested in, in the Lego stuff, kind of followed the online community sites like Brickset and the Brothers Brick, places like that, and just ma- maintained that interest. Uh, and then when I was 15 years old, um, I, we still, we recorded the first podcast episode. And John uh, and our older brother actually had a, another podcast that was like technology Google-focused. So they had kind of experience. They had the equipment and the the experience of what podcasting was like. And I thought, well, maybe it'd be fun to do a LEGO podcast as well. No one was doing anything like that at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was something that would kind of offer something new. It actually started as uh, covering news, talking about uh, the kind of what was going on in the community. So in the very early episodes, we covered things like the LEGO Universe game was shutting down at that time. Um, I think the first Lego Minecraft set through Cuso at the time was coming out, so there's some of the things that were happening kind of in those early episodes. And then we, we started having some guests join us and realized that the interviews were what people were really most interested in, because news they could get from almost anywhere, um, and there were lots of sites covering that, but the interviews were something different. So mm-hmm. just realizing that's what people were interested in, kind of transitioning to that. And then uh, to, together we went to our first convention in Chicago.
3: Yeah, so it was Brick World Chicago in 2012, was our very first event. Uh, and that was when we, so the, the it had been a podcast, an audio podcast, and we decided to grab a camera and just start talking to builders. So it really grew from there. And that's and it's basically the same thing we do today, is we just show up to
0: events and we talk to everybody about their amazing creations. To piggyback off that, you guys as you said, did a lot of different format on YouTube originally, but once you started doing conventions, that's kind of where the channel exploded, Mm -hmm. is that correct? Right, we did experiment Mm -hmm. with
1: things like some set reviews in the very early days so if people go back and look, there's some probably cringy set reviews that I tried to do um some like a, a small number of sort of how to build videos so we experimented with a few different things but then when we went to Brickworld for the first time videos started performing better we recorded a great ball contraption video there at that very first show that performed well and ever since then that's been uh some of our most a lot of our most popular content has been GBC videos Uh, We did a video with Brickmania there, uh, and military stuff has continued to be popular on the channel ever since then, so kind of realizing what people were interested in from that very first show and running with it.
0: And you guys were kind of the first to do that, at least consistently. You guys were right there in the beginning, and uh, Mm -hmm. the success, the numbers show the success. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, speaking of military, Mark told me that you are a professor. military history? Is that correct? Not an actual
1: professor. Uh, That is what my my, uh, academic background is in. So my undergrad degree is in history and archaeology and then I have my master's degree in military history. So that's, uh, academically I've always been very interested in history, uh, specifically military history and studying that stuff. And then that interest carries over into Lego a lot. So we've covered a lot of military builds and beyond the brick over the years. We have an awesome relationship with Brickmania and do a lot of stuff with them and they, they do fantastic work as well. So uh, definitely, a lot of that interest carries over into my work with Beyond the Brag.
0: you know with all the YouTube and the podcast and everything, do you guys have time to build much, or do you guys still collect uh, yourselves just personally? <laughs> a little bit, yeah, we especially like like the Lego idea sets.
3: we we try to collect a lot of those um architecture, and, yeah, architecture. so things that are nice display pieces. So if you look at our studio backdrop that we sometimes use uh, well, like especially for live streams and things like that, we got a lot of those sets in the background. so, um, yeah, we don't do a tremendous amount of building, not a lot of mock building, but we like to collect the sets when we get a chance.
1: Our our focus has always been very much on the community and featuring the work that the builders and other people in the community are doing. So that's what we've always been most interested in doing, really the people in the community. Yes. That's what we uh, love focusing on and featuring and giving them a platform.
0: And again, that's what set you guys apart, I think. Mm-hmm. When I first got back into LEGO as an adult, like you guys were one of the first <laughs> searches that came up and it was because of like you said, it's more community focused, builder focused, and conventions and it was just, it was, it was great discovering you guys and like I said, it's an
2: honor to have you here now. I remember that early on in your channel's uh, beginnings. It was really I remember really appreciating the interviews with builders. Even if it was kind of early Skype and Zoom related mm-hmm. technology, a little it could be a little awkward pauses <laughs> at times. But I really appreciated you interviewing builders whom like I wouldn't really get the opportunity to meet or even discuss things with. I mean you can leave a comment on Flickr or whatever we were using back then, but I remember appreciating the fact that you're like you're interviewing like a, all these different like West Coast builders, because I could never get out there. So it's like hearing what they were about and why they really all the things he specialized in was really impactful, so it was fun.
1: Well, that's good. Yeah, that was definitely a big goal uh, in
2: those early days was kind of giving exposure to the builders
1: because we didn't make it to many conventions either. We, you know, we started with that first one at Brickwell Chicago, but it was a long time before we started making it to like several shows a year. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to reach a variety of builders as well and kind of give them exposure. So that that was always our goal is to kind of put a a lot of people
2: followed builders on Flickr and they could finally put a face to it like you were saying. Exactly, yeah. One other point for you guys I wanted to talk about is, like, since, you know, going to more conventions per year, like, when your channel really started to grow, um, I was really, look like, the mind-blowing thing for me was, like, you guys are over in Europe and Russia <laughs> and Japan, I don't know, it's like, that's just nuts, It's like, that, it's awesome. What kind of uh, experiences have you guys had overseas, what's a little bit different from the United States stuff, like, what, what kind of uh, experience, like, what did it, what did it, Describe that for me. What is it like? So.
3: Yeah, it's been crazy, and it, everywhere we go, that kind of has their unique things they focus on. Even here in the U.S. with different shows, you know, there are some things, the genres, of building that are bigger at one show versus another show, and mm-hmm. we definitely see that when we travel a lot. So obviously, when we when we went to Japan, there was a lot of like Mech, and Mecha was super popular there, which you could imagine. Yeah. Um, what are some of the other things in, that we picked up
1: in Europe? There's there's much so there's much less focus on like Star Wars and pop culture than than there is here in the U.S. So in Europe, you'll see a lot of. Uh, builds that uh, capture things like local architectural landmarks, so it's like towns, you know, might be a, a random town in Italy that no one else has ever heard of, but there's a bunch of builders that live there, and so they build this landmarks from there. So that sort of thing is definitely, if you go to a show like, say, Scareback in Denmark, there's, mm-hmm. which... You've been to so yep. you you can attest to some of that. Uh, that those sorts of builds are much more common there than you see in the U.S. Where there's in the U.S. There's much more focus on like pop culture, Star Wars, right? Yeah. Not Star Wars. The military stuff is you. There military builds are like almost non-existent outside mm. the U.S. There's much more the the stereotype there of like Americans in the military <laughs> definitely fits well because. Uh, Yeah, that's much bigger in the U.S. than it is outside the country. But then, in addition to conventions, we just try to do a lot of meetups as well, which is super fun. So we'll typically make a video before we travel somewhere saying, here's the cities we're going to be at, so any builders who want to meet up with us can. And then that way we uh, can obviously meet people face-to-face, and then they can kind of show us around their city a little bit. And so we have that great connection. Lego kind of brings us all together no matter where we are in the world.
0: Do you have a favorite non-U.S. convention? that you look forward to
1: every year, or... The one we've hit the most consistently would be Scareback, which is... Scareback is super fun because it's so close to to Billund, where LEGO is headquartered, that you get a whole bunch of LEGO designers and a whole bunch of LEGO employees that come out to that, and so the the people and the connections we made there over the years have been really cool. It's also just probably about the most international show of any convention in the world. There's so many different countries represented there. People come from all over the place, so... That would certainly be one of the, the top shows outside the U.S. That's the, I feel like that's really the only one that we've consistently hit like multiple right. years in a row. Most of the international shows we go to are one-off trips where we'll go down to Peru and do a South America trip, or Australia and go to like Brick Brickvention in Melbourne, but that's difficult to do year after year.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm curious, in a convention that's so international, what is the language they speak to communicate to each other?
3: Yeah, so it's kind of interesting that English is always the, the primary language because these conventions are bringing together people from... Um a lot of different countries, so English is kind of like the standard language for all those countries. Um, so even at like Scareback, that happens in Denmark, uh, English is still the the language that like announcements are made in and things like that. So um, it, when you have people from a lot of different countries, there's there's no one main language, so they so you go with
0: English. Mm. I, I remember it, many years ago when I was in Germany, there was a Russian guy sharing a cab with us, and it was a German cab driver, and since they didn't speak each other's language, they both switched to English. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, yeah. it's good to be American. Now. Yes. Yeah. That of, is <laughs> one of the
1: things we that we struggle with when going to shows outside the U.S. is definitely the language barrier. So that's mm. when you're trying to create content, there'll be like at Scarebeck, for instance, some great builds. But then ha- if finding the builder that can actually speak English can sometimes be a struggle. But a lot of times, people are really helpful. And if they're say German, another German person who can maybe speak English better will translate for us. So we've done a lot of translated videos like that show in Japan that John mentioned we did a lot of translated videos there as well mm-hmm. So it's been really nice to have that help from other builders.
0: How is it getting through the airport in places like Japan? Because I've heard in Japan no one speaks English unless you work with like foreigners in America, like maybe in the airport they do, but af- outside of that no one speaks English. Is that hard to get through, or, I mean, I guess you guys are masters at it now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it, it's mixed a little bit, yeah. And the more, the big cities, the tourist areas, people speak English because they know that people from a lot of different mm-hmm. countries are coming there. Um, so it's it's really mixed. It depends on how far kind of outside the main, the big cities you're okay. going. So, um, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. In some place like an airport, because there are so many different people coming through, the the signage is usually in English, so you can mm-hmm. kind of, like, fake your way through it at least enough to, to, to get through um, yeah, the, the further out you get from, like, major cities, the harder it can be. Yeah. Um, China, when we were there, so we went to China just to do some general travel, as well as make some videos at the Lego headquarters in Shanghai there. Uh, that's probably been maybe the, the toughest country in terms of finding people who speaking English. We spent about 10 days there, and I think ran into to very, very few people who spoke English through, throughout that time, so... Wow. That was we we did have a guide at some places so that helped a lot because it's one of the harder countries to get around. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now do you guys use Google Translate ever to help with some of that or at least like where's the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes we will. Yeah, at okay. least like like yeah, la- as a last
3: resort we you know we'll we'll point to Google Translate <laughs> on the phone. We yeah, that that we try to avoid that, but yeah, if if we're really desperate we'll we'll do that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting.
0: <laughs> now because travel and the conventions are so integral into your audience and what your channel is how did COVID affect you guys not being able to travel for like a year and a half what did you did you guys have to change your uh, methods or, or what so we did change up quite a bit. So yeah, it, w- it was definitely
1: difficult as we saw kind of all the conventions slowly but surely getting canceled in 2020 and kept thinking, I probably held out hope way longer than I should have. <laughs> kept thinking that things might come back, but in the end, yeah, everything just kept getting canceled. And obviously, as we've seen looking back, basically nothing ended up happening happening uh, in 2020. Um, so we very shortly into that realized if things are going to keep getting canceled we're going to run out of convention videos. We, we always have a bit of a backlog, so mm-hmm. we had some that were going to last us, but we knew that was only going to last so long. So we started coming up with ideas for types of content that we could do from home, and that's when we started uh, a couple different weekly live streams. So one was called the Quarantine Cast that we did, and mm-hmm. that was our, yeah, our weekly live stream that was basically... Uh, the beginning of it was sort of more formal interviews, so we started we had kind of an official guest. As as the months went on, it kind of evolved into just kind of a free for all <laughs> of whatever, just people chatting, building, hanging out, having fun. So that was that was a weekly uh, live stream every Tuesday. Then we did uh, another stream called Ideas Spotlight, so that was spotlighting LEGO ideas projects. We tried to do that at least once or twice a week as well. So basically, just coming up with more content ideas that provided stuff we could put out on the YouTube channel uh, once the convention videos ran out.
0: Yeah. And I did want to go back. You won a contest with them and got to go... (laughs) travel outside the country. Could you guys explain that and how the contest started and everything? Yeah, I guess I'll go. I, I
2: remember <laughs> seeing you guys uh, posting and sharing about uh, you are hosting a contest to re- rebuild a set, right? Redesign a set, like I upgraded almost. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a really fun idea. I could definitely go it. castle, you know, so many <laughs> options. But, um, and, uh, I, I entered it right away. It was on a Flickr group. And, um, Fortunately, you guys and the judges that were involved with that picked uh, the build, and I, I, I was actually trying to convince my brother, "Hey, let's collab." Then they have to bring two of us, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, "No, no, no, I'm busy." I'm like, "All right, sure, okay." He ended up regretting that later. <laughs> I, that awesome As
1: you sent him photos from Denmark, he's like, "Maybe I should have tried to." <laughs> yeah. do that. He, he is,
2: he is like eternally jealous for the fact that he did not just add a brick, but I like put his name on it. But um, yeah, so he we,
0: wouldn't even do that, huh? Like,
2: no, no. Exactly. Oh. No, he wouldn't. He was and then um, we ended up, it, the original deal was you take us, uh, take me to Denmark for um, that, the, but not only the Lega House, but also Scareback. Mm-hmm. But you guys were like, hey, we're going to be in Rome for two days beforehand. You guys just want to meet up there. I think it was also more affordable for tickets to yeah. get there. Yeah. So somehow it worked out. And, it, and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to go to Rome. So it worked out. We, we just ran around Rome for two days and saw all the, all the sites. It was fantastic. And you guys are like... Expert hikers and eaters. I, I thought I was a fat, fast uh, eater. Like I finished before my brother and family. But then I go to eat with them, and then they sit down. The food's gone, and I'm just trying to first bite myself. Like you guys are done.
1: I mean, there's things to do here. Mike. Yeah, do, they're, but... they're like, go ahead, just take your time. I'm like, I can't. You guys
2: are already done. <laughs> It was so funny. So it was a great trip, great experience. Really appreciate you guys. And uh, just, like, going to Scarebeck and then, like, meeting, like, the owner of Lego in the top floor of the Lego house, like, <laughs> you can't... That, that's, like, so amazing. It's it such a great experience. So yeah. thank you guys. And but, definitely worth highlighting. I think they did several videos covering that whole experience. Yeah, yeah I think you,
1: if people search on the channel, I think we have a video of your winning mm-hmm. creation on there and some different stuff from Scarebeck. But that also hits on a great point about when we're, when we're going to conventions, international shows, uh, particularly... We do try to do as much travel as we can kind of outside of that as well, which is when we do those meetups and are just able to, to see so many cool places. So the Lego just kind of facilitates uh, so many more cool kind of cultural experiences with my interest in history. We go to a lot of battlefields and museums and <laughs> stuff. So, so so many cool experiences like that, which is why, yeah, we, we had planned a trip to Rome already, and then I knew Mark was also interested in that time period in history. So I was like, well, let's see if we can work this out, and it, it worked out great. <laughs>
0: That's awesome, yeah. So, were you guys able to set that up the meeting with the owner of Lego and stuff? He was just
1: there. Yeah, he oh, was just hanging okay. out.
3: Yeah. Just oh, so that was all just a lucky accident. Miracle. Oh, wow.
0: Before
1: Friends. Scareback, every year they usually do a really big event at Lego House in in Billund. Um, and there's usually a lot of Lego AFL employees. Day, and I think, yeah, I think yeah. they call it like an AFOL Day type of thing. So the the idea is all these people are coming in for Scareback, so let's also do <clears> something big at the Lego house as well. So that's why I think he was just kind of hanging out and talking to people.
0: Oh, awesome. (laughs) That's so cool. Now, back to YouTube. I'm curious. You guys have been on it for almost 10 years now. You've seen algorithms change and all that crazy stuff. I remember your interview with Jane Bricks Mm -hmm. and him talking about how 2017, man, that was the year. (laughs) And then since then, he took a dive. Because of the algorithm, because of the way stuff is pushed, whatever. Have you guys seen something like that with, y- with you guys, or did you guys not... Was there a,
2: a year that was really great for you guys, yeah. or were there other times you like you figured out a change to bring it back up? Did you see any trends?
3: Uh, we've been fortunate that we've basically continued to grow. I will say during COVID was, was tough because we just ran out of content to post mm-hmm. in terms of... You know what people expected from us were convention videos and featuring mocks and things. We simply couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, but it, besides that, we've basically been on an upward trajectory and been growing every so, single year. So it's uh, there's really been no point that was like a high point so far. Every year is, has has yeah. continued to do better than the previous one, which is obviously nice. fantastic. Yeah. Well,
0: congrats on that. That's awesome. awesome. The
1: the biggest changes I would say would be in relation to like our Facebook page, which be which has grown massively over the years and in the last what, three to four years or something like that has become a much, much bigger part of what we do in putting content out there on Facebook uh, in, in addition to everything we do on YouTube.
0: Because I, I felt like, at least from what Chris was saying, our Facebook wasn't really generating a lot. We're doing something different because we want people to come into a physical mm-hmm. store, so it's a little different. But uh, You you do have to package things very
1: differently. Like We edit stuff very differently for Facebook. The, the types of things that perform well are mm. different than what does well on YouTube. So... It's a different platform in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. it does have, similar to YouTube, it has like a, uh, an ad revenue system where they put ads on the videos on Facebook and works pretty similar to wh- the way YouTube does it.
0: Interesting. Okay. okay. Is someone wanting to get into Lego YouTube, are, is there any advice you guys would have are we, there any, like, beginner mistakes you <laughs> would say to avoid? Don't do this. <laughs>
3: yeah, we always tell people to just to just dive in and start. Um, and, and I think people overthink it a lot of times. Mm. Uh, a lot of people think that they need, like, thousands of dollars in equipment and, and fancy cameras and lenses and lights and all this stuff. And, and we always just tell people to dive in and just start, just start recording videos. You'll learn along the way you know, mistakes you make and what's popular and what's not popular and be able to adjust your content based on that. But uh, our advice is simply to, to dive in and just start recording videos. If you've got a great idea, um, you know, a unique idea that nobody else is doing is extremely important. You know, if, if you're doing the same thing that you see somebody else doing, that's maybe not the best way to approach it. But if you have mm-hmm. a, an angle on it or a specialty or a knowledge that you have that you can say, hey, here's what makes me unique, then just just go for it. Yeah.
1: The other couple things that I think have really helped us over the years,
3: certainly in the early years, were
1: number one, uh, experimenting with different types of content. So we touched on this earlier with talking about kind of trying set reviews, uh, how to build type of stuff, and then eventually landing on the, the builder interviews is what people were interested. So we did that experimentation and tried out different types of content and saw what was most popular and what people responded to best. And then once you find that, just being willing to stick with it. And that might be the number one thing because there are... A number of other people over the years who have tried to do something similar to what we do and they'll maybe post a few videos from a convention or something or try some builder interviews online but then they don't see success with it real quick and so they they just don't stick with it and I think a a big part of our success comes from the fact that in those early years especially we were willing to just keep doing the podcast episodes and then keep going to conventions and keep building that up to the point when we could do it as our full-time job like we do now so uh, that the experimenting with different types of content, so you find what your audience wants, and then sticking with that long enough to, to see it become successful are, are big factors.
0: I halfway jokingly told somebody one time, consistency is almost more important than quality. <laughs> and yeah, it, I to think an there's extent, a lot of truth to that. True. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you if you're consistent, I mean, obviously you need a certain level of quality exactly. that people are going to watch. But I mean, putting out, you know two videos that are incredible quality versus 20 that are maybe a little less high quality but consistently your audience knows is going to be coming out and they can keep following and build an audience your your long-term success is going to become from the greater number of videos
0: yeah are you guys looking for any lego in our store today anything specific i mean i
1: i am always looking at what you guys <laughs> have here whenever i especially the like older sets or things from like uh, when I was younger, growing up, like maybe the the Vikings theme, or even like going back to the, the '90s, some of the pirates, imperial stuff, western, all that sort of stuff. So that's what I'm always looking for whenever I come to Atlanta Brick Because I love seeing those older sets and uh, just the variety you have on for sale here is amazing.
3: And every time we come in, it's some. It's like a whole new store. Everything is changed. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's the fantastic thing. You come one time, and then you come a few months later, or a year later, or whatever, and it's like a whole new place to explore.
0: I was going to ask you guys, I remember this, Uh, you mentioned that you had older brothers who had done podcasts and you kind of learned from them. Uh, What about video? Did you guys have video editing experience or just a natural kind of interest in it before that? You're mostly behind the camera.
3: Yeah. So me and the the older brother that uh, he and I did the podcast. And then we also, both of us were interested in video. So we had done um, not, not a tremendous amount, but like some wedding videos for friends and things like that. So that was, yeah, that, that definitely was a help. And we had a camera and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that when we went to that very first brick world show in 2012, um, we had at least a little bit of experience, uh, going into that. So yeah, that, that was a help. But, uh, these days I think things have gotten easier and, and phone cameras are so good these days. You really don't need a, uh, you know, like a fancy setup. Uh, a lot of times and the, the editing programs are so much easier to use than they were even 10 years ago so people think that again that you think you need all this software and cameras and all this stuff and you you really don't people yeah. shoot and edit entire
1: videos all on their phone shooting yes. and editing i mean that's just insane <laughs> yeah <That's capable>.
0: right. <laughs> what do you guys use now to shoot on, we've used uh, well for to shoot on. We actually use like a
3: pretty small camcorder because we need to be so mobile, and we're hold, we're holding the camera all day. So that's one thing. People, a lot of people are surprised when they see us. and They think, oh, well, you guys just use like a you know a pretty basic camcorder. But a lot of it is just for the mobility purpose, especially when we're traveling. Everything fits into a pretty small camera bag, which is super nice. Um, and then when we're at a show, we're you know holding the camera and the mics and everything for hours and hours as we as we walk around and talk to people. Um, so for us, that's that's the number one thing. And then for editing, we use Premiere Pro, which we've used for years and years, but. Again, is you know, that's an expensive program from Adobe, but you don't need that type of a program mm-hmm. to, to, get, to get into YouTube.
0: Okay, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> you heard it here. Yeah. Well, thank you gentlemen so much for coming on our show. And this is the point of our show where we say, would you mind plugging yourselves? Not that people don't know who Beyond the Brick is. I want to give just a plug for Atlanta Brick Co. here, because this place is
1: incredible. I tell people about you guys constantly, uh, and just how amazing it is. It's so rare to be able to walk into a physical shop like this and see an array of historical sets, newer sets, open, used, uh, you know, brand new, whatever it might be. Such an incredible variety. So uh, I'm a big fan here, and if anyone watching, if you have not made it to Atlanta Brick Co., you should, because this place is incredible, uh, it's even, even if you don't buy
0: anything, you should buy something. But even if you don't, just walking around and looking at it yeah. is amazing. It, it really is like being in a museum where you can buy the exhibits. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Well, I know you guys have some interviews lined up for Chris and Mark, so That's I'll right. let you guys get to it. Thank you so much for sitting down with us, and we will see you guys very soon. Don't forget to comment, share, like, and subscribe, and all that stuff people say. All right. Thank you, bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, that was a good warm-up. You guys ready to do it for <laughs> <laughs> that was the practice We always do a uh, practice run. <laughs>